Thank you, everyone, for coming to today's podcast. Today is Wednesday. Uh, let's go ahead and open up with the set-aside prayer, please. God, I set aside everything I think I know about you, everything I think I know about this program, myself, my fellow man, for a fresh new idea, a new, a new insight into you, into my fellow man, into these 12 steps, and myself, so we can be of better service to you and others. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Serenity prayer, please. God. I. I. Serenity. I surrender to you. And I change. The courage to change the things I can and the wisdom of no difference. Amen. Amen. I had a black spot in my head. It's hap- I heard that if you have tendonitis, that it, it the noise tendonitis, you know, the woo, the sound in your head. It reduces your capacity to uh, your your brain cells. The noise. Uh. I had a gun go off in my ear, and I had M80s go off, and ever since then, my I injured the nerves in my ears, and the truck driving. That's why all my friends, the truck drivers, they shout, and when they speak, we speak loud and shout. All our ears are. Yeah. I don't know if you hear. I I do a lot of shouting. All right, let's go ahead and get our reading for today. Today, we're going to hopefully get through the full measure. Do you have to leave early? Do you have, do you have an appointment schedule? Can you? Uh, all right, we're going to do, we're going to start on page 24 of the AA Big Book and do a full course today for the middle of the week. Thank you so much for being here with us. AA Big Book, starting on page 24. The fact is that most alcoholics, for reason yet obscure, have lost the power of choice in drink. Our so-called willpower becomes practically non-existent. We are unable at certain times to bring into our consciousness with sufficient force the memory of the suffering and humiliation of even a week or a month ago. We are without defense against the first drink. The almost certain consequence that follows taking even a glass of beer... Do not crowd into the mind to deter us. If these thoughts occur, they are hazy and readily supplanted with the old treadbare idea that this time we shall handle ourselves like other people. There is a complete failure of the kind of defense that keeps one from putting his hand on a hot stove. Go about basing himself in the most casual way. It won't burn me this time, so here's how. Or perhaps he doesn't think at all. How often have us uh, got a drink in a nonchalant way after the third or fourth pound of the bar and said to ourselves, for God's sake, how did I ever get started again? Only to have that thought split by, well, I'll stop at a sixth drink bar. What's the use anyhow? But this sort of thinking is fully established in an individual with all tendencies. He has probably placed himself beyond human aid. Unless locked up, they die of a permanently insane. This military confirmed by legions of alcoholics throughout history. But by the grace of God, we would have been a thousand more convincing demonstrations. So many of us want to stop, but cannot. There is a solution. Almost none of us like the self-searching, the leveling of our pride, the confession of our shortcoming, which the process requires for a successful consummation. 
but we saw that it really worked in others. And we had come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life as we had been living it. When therefore we were approached by those in whom the problem had been solved, there was nothing left for us but to pick up the simple kit of spiritual tools laid at our feet. We have fallen much of heaven and we have been rocking it into a fourth dimension of existence of which we have not even dreamed. The great fact is just this and nothing less, that we have had deep and effective spiritual experiences that, which have revolutionized our whole attitude towards life, toward our fellows, and towards God's universe. The central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our Creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. He has commenced to accomplish those things for us which we can never do by ourselves. If you are seriously alcoholic as we were, we believe there's no middle of the road solution. We were in a position where life was becoming impossible, and if we had passed into the region from which there is no return through human aid, we had but two alternatives. One was to go on to the bitter end, blotting out all the consciousness of our intolerable situation as best we could, and the other to accept spiritual help. This we did because we honestly wanted to and were willing to make the effort. Page 62, please. Selfishness is self-centeredness, and we think it's the root of all our troubles. Driven by hundred forms of self-delusion, self-seeking, self-pity, we step on our toes with our fellows who may retaliate. Sometimes they hurt us, seemingly without provocation, but we invariably find that sometime in the past we have made decisions based on self, which later placed us in a position to be hurt. So the troubles we think are basically our own making, they arise out of ourselves with the alcohol the extreme example of self-will, worm riot. Though we usually don't think so, every, above everything, the alcohol must be rid of the selfishness we must or it kills us that makes that possible and we often see that there is no entirely way of getting rid of self without his aid many of us had moral physiological convictions galore but we could not live up to them we know we would like to neither could we reduce our self-centeredness much by wishing or trying on our own willpower we had to have God's help this is the how and why of it first of all we had to quit playing God it didn't work. We next we decided to quit playing God, and uh, as we decided that uh, there after a drama of life, God was going to be our director. He is a principal; we are his agents. <clears throat> he is a father; we are his children. Most good idea, ideas are simple, and the concept was keystone of the new triumphant arch we pass through freedom. When we sincerely took such a position. All sorts of remarkable things followed. We had a new employer. Being all-powerful, he provided what we needed. If we kept close to him and performed his work well. Established on such a footing, we became less and less interested in ourselves, our little plans and designs. More and more, we became interested in seeing what we could contribute to life. As we felt new power flow in, as we enjoyed peace of mind as we discovered we could face life successfully 
as we became conscious of his presence, we began to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, or the hereafter. We were reborn. We were now at step three. Many of us said to our maker, as we understood him, God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou would. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and the, the way of life. May I do thy will always. We thought well before taking this step, making sure we were ready that we could at last abandon ourselves utterly to him. Page 76, please. <laughs> when ready, we say something like this, my creator, I'm now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. I pray now that you remove me from every single defect of character that which stands in my way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me the strength as I go out there and do your bidding. Amen. We have now completed step seven. Beautiful, beautiful. Amen. Page 86, please. On awakening. Please keep going, Rick. On awakening, let's think about the 24 hours ahead. We consider our plans for the day before we even begin. We ask God to direct our thinking, especially asking for him to divorce us from self-pity, dishonest, and self-seeking motives. Under these conditions, we can employ our mental faculties with assurance. For all, God gave us brains to use. Our thought life will be placed on a much higher plane of, of uh, plane when we when our thinking is clear of wrong motives. And, and thinking about the day we may face in this decision, we may not be able to determine which course to take. Here's where we ask God for inspiration and a true thought or decision. We relax, we take it easy, we don't struggle. We are often surprised how right the answers come up when we try this for a while. What used to be the hunch or the occasional inspiration gradually becomes a working part of the mind. Being still inexperienced and having just made conscious contact with God, it is now probable that we are going to be inspired at all times. We might pay for this presumption in all sorts of observer actions and ideas. Nevertheless, we find that our thinking will, as time passes, be more and more on the plane of inspiration. We come to rely upon it. We usually conclude the period of meditation with a prayer that we've shown all through the day what our next step is to be. That we be given whatever we need to take care of such problems. We ask especially for freedom from self-will and are careful to make no requests for ourselves only. We may ask for ourselves, however, if others will be helped. We are careful never to pray for our own selfish ends. Many of us have wasted a lot of time doing that, and it doesn't work. You can easily see why. Pass. It's sooner sounds more. We ask our wives or friends to join us in morning meditation. We belong to a religious body. Uh, we belong to a religious domination, which uh, requires a definite morning devotion. 
We've seen that also. If not members of a religious body, we sometimes select and memorize a few set prayers which emphasize the principles we have been discussing. There are many helpful books also. Just as these may be obtained by one's priest, minister, or rabbi, be quick to see where religious people are right. Make use of that after offer. As we go through the day, we pause when agitated or doubtful. We ask for the right thought or action. We constantly remind ourselves we are no longer running the show. Humbly saying to ourselves, many times each day, that will be done. We are then much less, less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, or foolish decisions. We become more and more efficient. We do not tire so easily. We are not burning up energy foolishly as we did when we were trying to arrange our lives to ourselves. It works. It really does. Amen. Turn to page 416, please. Um, 416. It helped me a great deal to become convinced that alcoholism was a disease, not a moral issue. That I have been drinking as a result of a compulsion, even though I had not been aware of that compulsion at that time, and that sobriety was not a matter of willpower. The people of AA had something that looked much better than what I had, but I was afraid to let go of what I had in order to try something new. There was a certain sense of security in the familiar. At last, acceptance proved to be the key to my drinking problem. After I'd been around AA for seven months, tapering off alcohol and pills, not finding the program working very well, I was finally able to say, Okay, God, it is true that I, of all people, strange as it may seem, and even though I didn't give my permission, really, really am an alcoholic of sorts, and it's all right with me. Now what am I going to do about it? When I stopped living in the problem and began living in the answer, the problem went away. From that moment on, I have not had a single compulsion to drink. And accept this is my answer to all my problems today. What I'm disturbed is because I find some person, place, thing, or situation, some fact of my life, unacceptable to me. And what... When, and I can find no serenity until I accept that person, place, thing, or situation as being exactly the way it's supposed to be at the moment. Nothing, absolutely nothing happens in God's world by mistake. Unless I, uh, until I could accept my alcoholism, I could not stay sober. Unless I accept life on life, accept my life completely on life's terms, I cannot be happy. I need to concentrate not so much on what needs to be changed in the world, what needs to be changed in me and my attitudes. Taper said, all the world is staged and all the men and women are really players. You forgot to mention I was a chief critic. I was always able to see the flaw in every person, every situation, and I was always glad to point it out because I knew he wanted perfection, just as I did. AA and acceptance has taught me that there's a bit of good in the worst of us and a bit of bad in the best of us. And that we're all children of God and we each have the right to be here. When I complain about me or about you, I'm complaining about God's handiwork. I'm saying I know better than God. For years, I was sure that the worst thing that could happen to a nice like guy like me would be that I would turn out to be an alcoholic. Today, I find it is the best thing that has ever happened to me. This proves I don't know what's good for me, and if I don't know what's good for me, then I don't know what's good or bad for you or for anyone. 
So I am better off if I don't give advice, don't figure I know what's best and just accept life on life's terms as it is today, especially my own life as it actually is. Before AA, I judged myself by my intentions while the world was judging me by my actions. Acceptance has been the answer to my marital problems. It is as though AA has given me a new pair of glasses. <clears throat> Max and I have been married now for 35 years. Prior to our marriage, when she was a shy, scrawny adolescent, I was able to see things in her that others couldn't necessarily see. Things like beauty, charm, gaiety, a gift of being easy to talk to, and a sense of humor, and many other fine qualities. It was if I had, rather than a Midas touch, which turned everything to gold, a magnifying mind that magnified whatever it focused on. Over the years, as I thought about Max, her good qualities grew and grew, and we married. And all these qualities became more and more apparent to me, and we were happier and happier. But then, as I drank more and more, <clears throat> the alcohol seemed to affect my vision. Instead of continuing to see what was good about my wife, I began to see her defects. And the more I focused my mind on her defects, the more they grew and multiplied. Every defect I pointed out to her became greater and greater. Each time I told her she was a nothing, she receded a little more into nowhere. The more I drank, the more she wilted. Similar day to day, I was told that I had my lenses on my glasses backwards. The permission to change in the serenity of men, not that I should change my marriage, but rather that I should change myself and learn to accept my spouse as she was. AA has given me a new pair of glasses. I can then focus on what my wife's good qualities and watch them grow, grow, grow. I can do the same thing with AA, meaning the more I focus my mind on its defects, Late stars, long drug along, cigarette smoke, and the worst meaning comes. But when I see what I can try to add to the meaning, rather than what I can get out of it, and then when I focus on my mind on what's good about it, rather than what's wrong with it, the meaning keeps getting better and better. When I focus on what's good today, I have a good day. When I focus on what's bad, I have a bad day. If I focus on the problem, the problem increases. If I focus on the answer, the answer increases. Amen. Page 420, please. <clears throat> Perhaps the best thing of all for me is to remember that my serenity is inversely proportional to my expectations. The higher my expectations of Max and other people are, the lower is my serenity. I can watch my serenity level rise when I discard my expectations, but then my rights try to move in and they too can force my serenity level down. I have to discard my rights as well as my expectations by asking myself, how important is it really? How important is it compared to my serenity, my emotional sobriety? And when I place more value on my serenity and sobriety than on anything else, I can maintain them at a higher level, at least for the time being. Acceptance is the key to my relationship with God today. I never just sit and do nothing while waiting for him to tell me what to do. Rather, I do what is in front of me to be done, and I leave the results up to him, however it turns out. That's God's will for me. I must keep my magic magnifying mind on my acceptance and off my expectations, for my serenity is directly proportional to my level of acceptance. When I remember this, 
I can see I never had it so good. Thank God for a a a. a. Page five fifty two, please. progress if you persist remarkable things will happen when we look back we realize that the things which came to us when we put ourselves in God's hands were better than anything we could have planned follow the dictates of a higher power and you will presently live in a new and wonderful world no matter what your present circumstances page 83 please the promises if we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we're halfway through. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace no matter how far down the scale we have gone. We will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. Page 85, please. It is easy to let up our spiritual program of action that rests on our laurel. We are headed for trouble if we do. For alcohol is a subtle foe. We are not cured of alcoholism. And what we really have is a daily repeat of the cognizant and the maintenance of our spiritual conditions. Every day is a day when we must carry out the vision of God's will into all our activities. 
How may I best serve thee? Thy will, not mine, be done. These are thoughts which must go with us constantly, and we can exercise them along the, our willpower, along the line, all we wish. It is proper use of the will. Much has already been said about receiving strength, inspiration, direction from whom, him who has all knowledge and power. We have, if we have uh, carefully followed directions, we have begun to sense a flow of his spirit into us. To some extent, we have become God conscious. We have to begin to develop a vital success, but this, this but we must go further. That means more action. Amen. Page 43, please. 43. Once more, the alcoholic at certain times has no effective mental defense against the first strength, except in a few rare cases. Neither he nor any other human being can provide such a defense. His defense must come from a higher power. D.N. Beautiful, beautiful, wonderful words of life. Let's go ahead. Amen. Thank you, everyone, for coming on here. Let's go ahead and finish off with the Lord's Prayer and have a great day today. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Okay, we'll, we'll see you tomorrow. All right, thank you very much, Rick. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Yeah.